Nice setup, though. Yeah, I figured I'd I'd run with some Eddie money. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? All right, so I've been thinking a lot about ghost fucking. <laughs> okay. All right, so here's what I've come up with, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. I I do believe that you could be penetrated by a ghost because, like... Ectoplasm? Well, I mean, like, ghosts can manifest things, and a dick's not hard to replicate. It's just a... Yeah. fucking slab or whatever bullshit yeah i i don't believe that you could fuck a ghost though because mm. i mean i don't think like a ghost could manifest something that resembles like a vaginal canal but like ghosts don't have like, mucous membranes yeah so it would i don't know yeah i mean what do you think of slimer then hmm well I mean, yeah, there is always the ectoplasm. Yeah, there you go. But is that just and what ghosts puke, though? I don't know, but just think about it this way. For most dudes, provide friction. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like, if you're going to have a, like, a nice sensual night with your ghost wife, I think you're both going to end up disappointed. Oh, see, I thought you were like a one-off. I didn't know it was a ghost wife. Well, I mean, it doesn't. It's not going to work any different whether you're in a long-term committed relationship with said ghost or not. Fair enough, but I mean, you might manage once, but three or four times. Yeah, I mean, you're going to run out of stuff to do with your ghost wife. Yeah, what are you going to talk about? Yeah, well, I'm. Well, you talk about the same thing that you would a regular wife. She's just dead and a ghost. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you might have to listen to some stuff about, like, the ethereal world that you don't really understand, but you just be supportive. There you go, yeah. It's not that hard. <laughs> be nice to your ghost wives. Of course. Bastards. Ugh, dropping shit everywhere. You know, like you do. Um, but I'm actually putting out the cigarette this time. Yeah. It's not going to burn. All right, all right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Should, should we do the thing now that we've discussed ghost, Go, the yeah. mechanics of ghost fucking? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Let's do this thing. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Pfeff, and I am one of your hosts. <laughs> and I'm James Marino, and I'm the other one of your hosts. Yeah, throwing that extra syllable on there really caught you off guard, didn't Indeed it? Indeed it did. Um, we, got a, we got a real good one. Oh, man. <laughs> We're talking about uh, 1973... But filmed in 71, so I'm just going to say 1971's Messiah of oh, Evil. Oh, man, this movie slaps. Uh, written and directed by Willard Huck and Gloria Katz. Mm-hmm. Of Howard the Duck and... <laughs> and Temple of Doom. Yes, yes. The writing team behind. Writing and directing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were just Lucasfilms Productions. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what you're in for, the team that wrote and directed Howard the Duck and Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah. Uh, starring Mariana Hill as Arletti, Michael Greer as Tom, Joy Bang as Tony, and Anitra Ford as Laura. But we cannot forget the Elisha Cook Jr. <laughs> yes. As, as the drunk. As Charlie. Yes, and I knew him from Blackula. He was Sam and Blackula. Yep. But he's in everything 
from the time he started in like 1940 till he died, he was in something every year. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, fun little fact about Marianna Hill. She was also in Blood Beach. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. And here's a real fun one. She has also shared the screen with two of film's most notorious monsters. Oh, do tell. She was in an episode of I Spy with Bill Cosby. <laughs> one, one of film's greatest monsters. monsters. She was also in Schizoid with Klaus Kinski. Oh. Perhaps film's greatest monster. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not, we're not getting into Klaus Kinski, but... Ugh. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, gross. Um, James, <sighs> what did you think of Messiah of Evil? I loved this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to get a thick skin for being scared during movies. This movie scared the living fuck out of me. I don't understand why. Well, but... I, we'll get to that. Yeah. Because it, it it just scared the living shit out of me. And I loved it because it was batshit insane, made no fucking sense, and you didn't care. <laughs> I was just along for the ride. I just strapped in and boom. Yeah, I had to see what was going to happen mm-hmm. next. And it, even, the, even the boring pacey parts that I always complain about, I did not care. I didn't care the clunky dialogue. I didn't care about anything i just wanted to see what happened next it was amazing yep. this movie i mean obviously there are exceptions but it, it's an era of film that we kind of forget where they didn't really feel obligated to give us a uh, like a sound narrative it was just kind of like hey what else should we do we should do this we should also do this and we should also do that fuck it throw it on the screen let's see what happens yep and it turns out just wonderfully. They they loved breaking all the rules back then. Because I mean, on a this is one of those movies that like all right, people say like oh you couldn't make that movie today, and I think this, it's very true of this movie, mm-hmm. and not for any like content or pacing reason, but because of just the weirdness from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. Each individual scene is just strange in a way that just reeks of 1971. Yeah, from the art in the house to the layout of the house to the... And, and this was a beautiful thing in this movie, and I've seen it in a lot of horror movies now. You hadn't, couldn't get a sense of where you were at because of the paintings on the wall. It looks like, you know, it was almost 3D renderings of staircases and people, and, and you just never knew quite where you were in the room. Yeah, and like this movie got me really thinking about a movie like House of the Devil, mm-hmm. which is the closest thing that we have to like a modern '70s horror film yep. that I've seen anyway. And <laughs> movies like this make House of the Devil feel like when you try and make like a Big Mac at home, mm-hmm. like you can do all the same shit, but it isn't gonna f- taste the same. Yeah, like. House of the Devil, very good attempt at 70s horror, but man, mm-hmm. you watch shit like this, and you're just like, what the fuck is that? At, at every every five to ten minutes, those words would come out of my mouth. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, what just had? Did he just? What the fuck? <laughs> that, uh, the movie started out like that. I was texting you. I was like, fucking, oh my God. Yeah. And then this happened. It's fuck. It's very rare that I get a text from you on like a Wednesday night. Oh, but I got a long rambling thing. Like, I can't believe that. Jesus Christ. Now there's this. Like, yeah, man. And that was just in the opening, what, two minutes of the movie. So, yeah. This movie starts. 
inexplicably randomly with a man just running down the sidewalk he like flops into somebody's backyard like he's finally safe from something and Mm -hmm. sees a girl sitting down she walks over to him and he lays there panting and she just whips out a straight razor and cuts his throat just what bang right onto the screen red background messiah of evil (laughs) all right man i'm in yeah let's fucking go i was just like you're on the roller coaster and the bar comes down let's hit this click 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 so we get a couple (laughs) credits and then they pause the credits (laughs) (laughs) for clunky clunky dialogue well not even well not really i thought it was pretty good i wrote a lot of it down yeah because yeah, they say nightmares are dreams perverted. I've told them here it wasn't a nightmare, but they don't believe me. They nod and make little notes in my file, and they watch me now, waiting for me to scar my breasts, to eat insects maybe, or to lift my dress like some crazy woman and urinate and on, on the, the floor. floor. <laughs> and all of this is shot with, like, a blurry... Yeah, it was backlit yeah, and blurry. So. slowly coming into focus blurry hallway while mm. she's walking toward camera in this voiceover. And we They have, paused the credits for that. And we have no inkling on who this is, who this is supposed to be, or why. No, yeah, and the last thing she yells out is like, they'll never hear you scream! And just like, what yep. the fuck? And back into credits. Yep. And inexplicable. <laughs> That is like the first two minutes of this movie. That that just made my entire week. Just just those <laughs> two minutes. If the movie would have ended there, I would have been, thank you. That yeah. was great. Here's your money. Bravo. <laughs> Chef's kiss. And again, it's it's worth stating that this is a 50-year-old film. Mm-hmm. A 50-year-old film caught the both of us completely off guard and made us both go like, oh, what the fuck? Yes. She drives up to a gas station mm-hmm. while like narrating that she's going to Point Dune to look for her father. Yep. An artist who used to go there to paint. And yeah. since his wife died, he just lives there now. Yeah. Pulls up to a gas station in the most 70s fucking thing ever. The gas station attendant's just out shooting at wild dogs. Yep. Just this maniac gas station attendant. And that guy was in every movie in the 70s, too. Uh-huh. Was that flat-nosed guy? Uh-huh. Yep. Always played that hickey, scary dude. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> man. Then they give us an albino. Yep. Why? Just, uh-huh. The big albino just standing there. Yeah, with two corpses in the bed of his truck. Yeah, oh, and I love it when the the attendant goes back and sees them. And she's trying to pay for the gas. Mm-hmm. And he's sidetracked because he saw two corpses in the back of the truck. One of them with its eyes gouged out, mm-hmm. which you'll realize later doesn't make any sense. No reason for it <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> this doesn't come back around to anything. No, but it's just, but it's again, just a cool image to look yeah, it's at. it's like the set piece. There's uh, hundreds of set pieces, just like little set pieces in this movie that just grab you. Mm-hmm. And again, they're inexplicable, but now that you mention it, it's just kind of adds to the mood, adds to the mood, adds to the yeah, mood. The a gas station in a 70s horror movie is always the most terrifying thing you've ever fucking seen. Next to the bathroom. Yeah. And uh gas station attendant ends up being killed by a zombie? Yeah. Who then attaches him to the lift 
to yeah. hang him upside down? I didn't understand that. Sure. But hey, gruesome. Yeah. Fucking whatever. So she's going out to look for her father and meets the blind art dealer. Yeah. Which again, just what the fuck? Um, well, hey, <laughs> you know what? Although we have to admit that these two wrote or the, uh, the, the writing team and the directors... They wrote this fresh out of film school. So they were like, okay, we've got to add this thing. There's a blind art person. How crazy is that? Yeah, and she communicates by just clickety-clacking on this fucking weird dude's hands. I know. I (laughs) walked up, and they touched my face. And I'm like, oh, creepy. Yeah, she says some stupid shit. Like, her fingers felt like spiders on my across my face. Like, yeah. man, what the? F- There's a lot of voiceover in this movie, mm-hmm. but I will argue this is how to do voiceover well. Because I think the voiceovers in this movie are fucking insane. Well, they are, they are, but well, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, I do too. Anytime it goes into a voiceover, it's completely bonkers. But I can't figure out why it works besides the fact that it's crazy. But it does work. Well, that and uh, her father's narrations are great. <laughs> The voice. Yeah, every, almost every male character in the, I guess every character's voice in this movie is just perfect for the time period. I know, but it, the, everybody's just high-pitched and nasal. Well, you know, like well, us, but. <laughs> yeah. But you figure if there's a voiceover, they're going to get somebody who does a voiceover, you know? Oh, they, dude, that, that guy. Dad, yeah. That guy. All I see around me is death. Death. Uh, I walk the streets at night and see these horrid beasts. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> it's amazing. And the more you pay attention, because like half the time I see that stuff and I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. Exp- uh, yeah, I don't pay attention. And the voiceover makes even more sense too since they didn't actually finish this movie. This movie was never actually finished filming. They just, like, ran out of money and somebody cobbled it together and edited it. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, that makes even more sense now. Yep. Hmm. So, yeah, when you hear the voiceover and it's just completely bananas, you're like, oh, they really went for it. Shit. <laughs> so the dude at the art dealer tells him that, or tells her that somebody was in looking for her father's paintings. When she never mentioned that was her father. Right. But either way. And they don't have any of his paintings here. They don't ever sell them there. No, not not here. No. So he tells uh, Arletti where these people that were looking for her father are staying. And here's where the movie really took off for me. Again, the aforementioned Charlie. Mm-hmm. If you can give me like a shot or a scene or something that just makes me stop my brain and make me pay attention to your movie, you've got me. Mm-hmm. And it did that when the door opens, and what was his name? Uh, Elijah Cook Jr.? Yeah. Looks right at camera through a cracked door and says, I'm as old as the hills. Oh. It's, yep, I put everything that I was doing down, and like, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for this fucking movie. And every word I hung on. Uh-huh. I paid attention, and I, that's rare for me. I paid attention to every fucking word. The more yeah. he talked, the worse it got. Like, and just the still tripod shot of him sitting next to a television, mm-hmm. crazy-eyed, talking about the blood-red moon from 100 years ago. Yeah. Oh, Shit. I'm getting shivers just thinking about that. And then we are introduced to Tom and Laura, who are laying in bed listening to Charlie ramble on. Mm-hmm. Man, Michael Greer... Excellent. 
yes. excellent in this film. Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't know about everybody out there's uh, experience with drug addicts. There's no way these three aren't on smack, right? Oh, they are on all of the junk. <laughs> well, I, uh, uh, I guess Tony, the younger one, she might just be drunk all the time. Mm-hmm, maybe a little reefer. Tom and Laura are definitely junked out. Yeah. And, dude, I love Michael Greer, I swear to Christ, does not look at anybody while delivering lines in this film. Not at all. He is staring into the middle distance 95% <laughs> of the time. Well, you got to think about it. For this, for this skeezy, narrow-looking piece of Euro trash to be getting two women at the same time. Yeah. His, it has his, to be drugs involved. His traveling companions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know they look askance at that here, but... Uh, yeah. And uh, what what's the thing? Oh, when uh, Arletti leaves the room, he says something like, Ah, good old-fashioned retort. <laughs> what's a retort? <laughs> Tony, your half-girl... was it? Uh, half woman, half child. Half woman, half child, and half wit, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Do you notice how long it took him to light a cigarette in that scene? Just to get it. To that's the... that's what makes me think that they're junked out. Because man, <laughs> I, I'm not accusing the actors of anything, but necessarily. Because, uh, uh, dude, Michael Greer, actually, real cool dude. I looked into him a little bit. One of the, like, first openly gay dudes in Hollywood, like, who would refuse to hide that he was gay whatsoever. Like, it cost him a lot of work. And he was, like, a trailblazer for gay actors in Hollywood. I did not know that. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, how about it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he is an absolute maniac in this film. Yes, he (laughs) is. It's great. I love every second of his smarminess and his just... Sheer, just cheesy. So, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I wanted to talk about the interior of the house. Oh my god! Because not only is it absolutely bonkers, yeah, but it really plays on a theme of always having somebody watching you. Oh yeah, because well, it's it's like it's a, a pop of- art style too. Because yeah. it's black and white, but it's realistic. But it's not a photo. Oh, it's all in color. It's Wait, all in vivid color. I'm talking about the faces on the wall? Yeah. They're all in different colors. It kind of looks like some Andy Warhol shit, but... Well, I know there were a lot of colored paintings, but the ones I'm thinking about were the people by the cars and the people in there. That was all black and white and gray, wasn't it? Well, not all of it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, there was some. Like, every room was painted different and weird looking. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But, man, yeah, the interior, and there's just a fucking swing bed. Yeah, just hanging from change. A four po- it's like four posters, but instead of posts, it's chains hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, which, again, if you were making a 70s-style horror film now and you put that in there, I'd tell you to go fuck yourself. Right. Man, why don't you put some shag rug in there, too, fucker? Yeah, <laughs> oh, but, oh. like, oh, no, this is, like, straight from 1971. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. man, what the fuck? Oh, and yeah. apparently that was uh, Gloria Katz, the uh, one a writer-director. That was, like, her college roommate just, like, made all this shit for him. Really? Yeah, and that was just all her artwork that they filled in. That was absolutely bonkers in that house. And again, it add there was you were never I never felt at ease during this entire movie. They no. they kept that going because 
everything was just askance. It was just not quite 100% right, or you never knew where you were, especially with all that shit on the walls. Yeah, everything is off-putting. Mm -hmm. Everything, almost every frame of this film is off-putting in some way. Absolutely. But it also draws you in at the same time. It's very, it's yeah. insane. <laughs> it is, and, and, and they do it beautifully, too, because um, apart from the people that are supposed to be attractive, there's no attractive people, not a whole lot of attractive people in this movie. No. They cast it with real-looking people. Yeah. Uh, oh, one of my favorite parts is she leaves, uh, our lady leaves the hotel room, and she runs into Charlie downstairs. Yeah. Who straight up tells her, like, you're going to have to kill your dad. Yep. You, you can't bury him, though. you got to put fire him. to his body. Mm -hmm. They think I'm crazy. <laughs> and she's but, like, you are crazy. Yeah. <coughs> oh, wow. So... She wakes up to these three junkies just deciding that they're going to live at her house. Yeah. Oh, we're we're just gonna stay here. You know, they kind of kicked us out, and uh, you, yeah. you know how these these locals we, are. We had some trouble at the hotel. Mm -hmm. like, oh, you don't say. <laughs> oh, really? What happened? Well, Charlie you couple was couple maniac drug addicts, <laughs> and there's uh, you're the new people in town. You're maniac drug addicts, and Charlie's been ripped the fuck apart. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're probably not real happy about you being here. And that's the most junky thing ever is just to show up and be like, oh, hey, we're going to crash here if that's cool, but we're going <laughs> to. Like, I hope that's cool with you because, like, we are going to stay here. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's true. Yeah, because she finds out they're there because uh, fucking... Laura just walks out of her bathroom half naked. Yeah. She's like, well, who the fuck are you? Yeah, and then Tom's just standing in the doorway. Well, I will say they did. His suits are impeccable. They are, they are. But they did the nudity like they did the violence. They hinted at it. Didn't go all the way there. But it was still, you felt like you saw some nudity and you felt like you saw more horrible shit than you did. Yeah, and they played that just beautifully because my brain filled in everything the fuck else and made it worse. Yeah, and for a film made in 1971 to have their female characters have some sort of like agency and self mm -hmm. and be actual people who make decisions. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> what? The, the only the only part on there that I didn't like is like the the his his two the two women that came with uh, Tom. They showed their agency. What I didn't like is when our Letty was like, I know you got two women, but somehow, for some reason, <laughs> I want you. And I'm like, no fucking way. So this leads into one of my absolute favorite scenes in the entire film when they're eating dinner. Mm -hmm. This is one of those scenes that's very like slow and doesn't really matter. Yeah. But there's so much weird goddamn shit happening. It's, yeah. <laughs> that it really like I I watched it twice. Mm -hmm. Like I had to rewatch it and catch all the fucking weird shit happening. Yeah. Because uh, Tom is staring into the middle distance As talking usual. about how he owns a castle. Yeah. Laura is sitting munching on something that we don't really know what it is at right. the beginning. Talking about how Arletti's father was a shitty artist. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just being a real snooch. Yeah. 
And Tony, what, just yeah. cracking open pints and just yeah. pounding Tony's pints? Tony's just, yeah, getting fucking hammered at she, the table. She runs through what? She finishes one, she pounds another one, and then she opens the third well, one. She Well, yeah, she has the one, and then she, like, clinks it against the table, and Tom takes it away from her. And she just pulls another <laughs> one out of her bag. I love and it. And is just drinking straight whiskey. Yeah, just horrible Canadian club, just that oily, nasty shit. All the while... They're sitting there eating fucking, like, a roasted artichoke for dinner. Right. It's, well, you know, they had it right next to the potted fern. And, yeah. In this huge circular table, the, it looked like a Roman feast. It was fucking banana. It looked like the giantest Denny's Corner booth you ever saw in your life. Yeah, and but it was just like three people. An elegant backdrop behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was insane. Yeah, and there's just no reason for any of it. Yeah, and then... Laura says something about uh, he's always nice to people whose pants he wants to get into. Whose pants he wants to get into and he slams the table, not even looking at her. Laura, I'm tired of apologizing for you. (laughs) And then Tony just yells, this stuff is shitty tasting. And the scene ends. (laughs) (laughs) What the what the actual fuck but you could have cut this entire thing. This didn't need to be in here. It served absolutely no purpose, and it's my favorite scene of the entire film. Well, it does serve one purpose. It cements their characters even more. It gives you a little more depth, uh, you know, Laura's bitchiness or whatever, and well, that Tony's childishness. That she's fucking sick of Tom. Oh, and yeah. It's just being a smartass. Yeah. Because, yeah, she, uh, she decides to take off, and that's when Tony says, Leave me a little dope, huh? <laughs> yeah, because she's just hanging out in the bathroom while Tony's taking a bath. Yeah, just, you know, like you do. Yeah, just like, eh, I'm going to get out of here. And again, that's like 1971. This woman is showing agency saying, right. I'm going to leave. And he doesn't try to stop her. Mm-hmm. I don't I, know if he knows, but he doesn't. They make no attempt to stop her. Mm-hmm. And I like how he, I like how she was like, well, you know. You're you've learned a lot. You're you're you know you're on your own, kid. You'll be all right. Yeah. It's like because she's Holland didn't ask her to go. Not trying to take the other one out. Not trying to save anybody. She's just unassing because she doesn't like it. Yeah. Yes. Well, cool and basically out. saying you know oh the other thing that got me about that she's like oh well where are you going she's like oh, I'll go with Mickey he's a drummer like oh yeah back when you could make money like just being a drummer yeah <laughs> back when the music industry was still a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Back in the days. Uh, The death of everything we love. Hooray! Yay! But, yeah, no, then, oh, okay, we're going to come up on one of the main reasons this movie scared the living fuck out of me. When Laura leaves and she's wandering through, like, a half-built development. Yeah, they didn't understand that. Well, I mean, they... It's like, for no reason, half-built buildings... Well, I mean, the dude at the gas station says, like, why would you want to go to Point Dune? It's deader than hell. It's just a little town. Right. And it was probably, yeah, some big commercial thing that got started. The developer ran out of money, and they just, like, abandoned towns. There There's you go. shit like that everywhere in America, dude. Yeah. I don't get out much. <laughs> no, I'm saying yeah. shit hasn't changed since yeah. 1971. Yeah, but then... Oh, wait. Uh, then the, the truck pulls up. Yep. Al- albino guy's on there. My favorite part of this entire fucking movie. It's like, you know, she's trying to get a ride. The guy's going to offer her a ride, right? She looks back, 
at what appeared to be six dead people. Looks at this freaky dude sitting there. Oh, it's just people looking up. Yeah. They looked dead as fuck to me. But oh, no. They were they were alive. They were yeah. just looking up. But it was just with their yeah. mouths open, their head just back, just uh-huh. staring off into nothing. Uh-huh. And, and she's like... The last time we saw this guy, there were corpses back there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in my head, those are corpses. But she's just like, eh, yeah, all right. Like, yeah. It's like... You, <laughs> so, every red flag in the entire universe is just popping out there telling you to get the fuck out. And she's like, ah, fuck it. Let's go. Can I make uh, an, an admission yeah. while, we're, while we're here? For a brief, brief moment, I thought that the albino gentleman in this film was the same one that shattered into porcelain on the subway in End of Days. <laughs> Until I did the math and realized that no, there's no way that's the same person. And I, I, I was thinking about... I'm, and then I felt bad about thinking like, oh, well, all albinos look alike. And I was like, oh, no, that's not okay. No, 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 no. So, but I also am not sure if time passes the same for albinos as they do for actual people. <laughs> so it may have been the same. It may have been the same thing. Just this ethereal being. So, so you're saying albinos age like uh, for every seven years, they age one year? Prove like the me. opposite of dogs? Can you prove me wrong right now? Uh, no. All right, then. And in fact, I... My I, theory stands. I enjoy the reality that you posited, so it is now part I, of mine. I mean, we can just put that right next to gravity. Oh, yeah. Gravity. Yeah. It, it's undeniably a fact. <laughs> of course. Anyway, so... <laughs> the, the albino gentleman asks if she wants to listen to Wagner. Uh, yeah, out of all things... <laughs> And it was the perfect. It was the perfect music for that scene. Yeah, just that huge. Just like if if you didn't get the joke, it's Wagner. Yeah, we know. No, I wasn't explaining it to you. I know you know. Okay, we have real dipshits that listen to this. Yeah, we might want to. I don't know. We want to. We might want to school our listener, and we have to dumb it down for our Canadian listener. Yeah, fucking Morrison. <laughs> that fucking guy. <laughs> I, I sincerely hope that he has been hit by at least one bus by now. <laughs> Fucking. Anyway, so he starts asking her if she was at the, uh, the the meeting or whatever down by the beaches. Oh, yeah. Were you at the gathering at the beaches? Yeah. All the little creatures were out tonight. Uh, and he starts talking about beach rats. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've got a bunch of them. Would you like to see? Yeah. And pulls one little beach rat out of her little big giant yeah. mouse and it's just squirming. She's like, oh, what do you do with those? <laughs> Why, I eat them. Then he just eats a fucking mouse. Just, and you hear the, you don't see it, but you hear the crunch and you see the blood drip down in front of his mouth. And yeah. it's just, and it's, because you don't see it, it's more real than actually seeing him, you know, do yeah. it. Because they had the crunching sounds, and it's very off-putting. Yeah, I'm getting creeped at just talking about it. It kind of looked like years and years and years ago, when I was a very young man, we used to go uh, take cars for scrap. Like, mm-hmm. if sh- people just had shit in their yard, to be like, hey, you know. <laughs> Got some scrap? Yeah, yeah, we'll give you ten bucks for that thing. Mm-hmm. And the place that we used to go... I always thought it was a goatee mm-hmm. until I met this dude up close and I realized that he just had a line of chew spit that had stained the front of his face. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And this was not long after listening to uh, the dude that I used to do that with, his uncle telling us about how he had to put a pig in a headlock to get it onto a trailer. Oh, man. That was my afternoon. <laughs> 
And all of them hung out at the gas station at the beginning of this film. Yeah. And then we drank Bud Ices. Ooh. You remember that shit? Yeah, no. <laughs> Fucking ugh. <laughs> I, I never moved past the old style, buddy. That is, man... I mean, I've drank a lot of bullshit, but Bud Ice was fucking swill. I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> All right, so this dude just munches on a rat in front of her. And up until then, okay, up until that moment, Wagner's just playing. These people are still staring up in the, in the back. Nothing has changed, but she's still okay. The only thing that makes her want to get out of that truck is when he bites the head off the mouse. Up until then, everything's fine. Mouse, that's where she drew the line. To be fair, though, he offered her one. Well, yes. It, he she, was gentlemanly. She, she could have had a delicious mouse to eat as well. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it, I, I guess. I mean, she politely declined. Mm-hmm. And, again, he just, like, pulls over and lets her out. Yeah, it was like, no problem. Because I honestly thought, when with that whole thing, I thought that, she was going to be a sacrifice. I thought something was going to happen. I don't know, you know. And I thought he was going to make it happen. Because yeah. I saw the corpses. They, But no. He lets her out. And it's never addressed again. Did you notice when the truck pulls away, it hits her? No, I did not notice that. <laughs> yeah. It, like, bumps her in the ribs a little bit. And oh, you can geez. see it. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, we only had enough time for one take. We're going to have to keep that one. Yeah. No, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, because that did not look intentional. So she sees a fucking person walking down the street and f- just follows them to a grocery, grocery store. store. Man. Yeah, there's... Just... This scene fucking rules. Yeah, it does. And this entire sequence is fantastic. Okay, now i got to start out by saying this is a Ralph's supermarket, but it looks exactly like every other super- supermarket in 1971. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't change until 1980. They all looked exactly the same. <laughs> Still ashtrays at the end of the aisles and everything. Oh, yeah. And, and that's how I grew up. That's And so it, it hit me in a real... Those were the days. That's right. <laughs> Shut up, Axel. Anyway, <laughs> Edith Bunker and Axel Rose sound exactly alike to me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Think about it. I'll play them both. It's great. Just wait till Axel Rose gets even fatter and then they'll kind of... <laughs> like, he kind of already looks like an old woman. <laughs> I mean, all right, I really like Guns N' Roses, but Axl Rose can get a whole bunch of fucked. In the neck with a hammer. Yeah, I got you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. sure. So anyway, back to where we were at. Yeah, so she wanders into this uh, grocery store, and she's wandering about and sees an entire group of people just at the standing, meat counter just standing there kind of and then you notice what they're doing at the meat counter yeah just munching on some meat all the raw meat ever yeah just really getting after it and it looked like a, it looked like a used car salesman and uh, lunch ladies do you, do you want to hear a fun fact yes most of the extras from this film were unemployed nasa employees like yeah and they look like it i mean seriously they just look like yeah yeah just Schlubby regular people. Yeah, like it was people laid off from NASA. No, no, this is why. Because by '71, we had already done all the like all the cool shit. Yeah, yeah. all the like shooting rockets to the moon and shit. Yeah, yeah. So So they had to let a bunch of people go, and that's this is where they ended up. So what? (laughs) Eating raw meat, and and it it will get worse too. This after the raw meat, she sees that and she starts booking. 
she's just like, fuck this shit. And she starts running, which I'm like, okay, finally. Finally, somebody runs. Because I hate it when, you know, they don't even attempt to run. They notice her. Mm-hmm. And like one it was like one of them runs real fast, and then when they ran fast, I'm like, oh fuck, because they kind of looked zombie-ish. I couldn't tell what they were going for in it. Yeah, this is always the part in the film whenever I've watched it that I just, oh yeah, I forgot about the zombies. Right. So much other fucking insane shit has been happening. But think about it. This is 1971. We've seen they had Dawn of the Dead, or the, you know, the first Night of the Living Dead, right? Yeah. And they've had a zombie movie, and it's already been established. Oh, there's been right? a few zombie right, movies right. by this point. Yeah. So we think of fast zombies as something new, but in this movie, they were cooking. They weren't like supernaturally fast, but they're running like fast, like a person fast. Yeah, it was just a, a dude. Yeah, and <laughs> it was and a that dude in his fifties doing his best. And it, but it fucked me up because again, everything. Think about it, it was we, when we talk about violence. Remember when we were talking in Henry, Henry Portrait of the Serial Killer? The more naturalistic it looks, the scarier it becomes. The more you know, because we talk about the banality of it, and you know. This all looked, it was well lit. It was normally lit for like under fluorescence. It uh-huh. was, the people look like people you would see in a grocery store. And there was no music. None. All there was was the ambient sound of said grocery store. You could hear footsteps and, just clanging yeah. down the like, yeah. tile floor. And you could hear when people bumped into carts. You could hear them the chewing and when they not drop stuff at the meat counter and everything added up. And so you're talking about being drawn in. One of the things about movies for me is sometimes I can be sucked completely in, and that's why I get super scared, because in my head, I'm right there. They made it so visceral and so real that it just fucked with me. After that scene, I had to stop the movie for like 20 minutes before I could go back to it, because I was so disturbed by all that, because it hit a spot in my head, because it was so real to me. And it it was just amazing. And and then, because it's building, because you think about it, we all have the hope that we can get away, right? I'm in a zombie movie. I get the fuck away. I'm going to cook it. These zombies can, you know, bite it. I'm going to run. I'm going to crack them with something. No. Yeah, because she gets a jump on us. Like, she notices that they see her, and she gets a good head start. Right. But then there's there's the straggler come and get her, and then stopped her while the rest of them just cooked up and got her. Yeah, it's the it's what makes zombies scary yeah. is not the that they... Not the threat that they pose, but the sheer numbers. Right, and the inevitability. Yes. It's going to happen just you when. You can't fight forever. Right. Yes. But they, but they did it a little different because, again, we had the faster ones. They had like, a, they had like the lead zombie that would come get them, that would get the person. So it, yeah, it, showed, it, was, it showed that they had like thoughts behind it. Yeah, that they still had almost like a, a glimpse of humanity. I think they're more like a ghoul. Like the idea of a ghoul, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. a flesh a flesh eating kind of vampire. It's like it it dines on like dead or live flesh, something like that. Yeah, it, yeah, it was fucked up. It's very good. Oh yeah, and it especially again, I can't stress this enough for a fifty year old movie. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Yeah, and and the gore effects they didn't go overboard because they could have just done it because all the grindhouses did it. You know, a bucket of pig guts. Let's show it. Boom. They didn't. They showed the blood, much like the um, other movie we saw where they showed the corpse kind of just there. Yeah. Made it worse. Because mm-hmm. you see them feeding, but you don't see them feeding because you've already seen them eat meat, but you don't really see what they're doing. They just swarm her and you can see the blood. Made it worse. Everything was hinted at. Everything was just, you know, just right. So that, that, that again, speaks to the directors. As batshit as it is, 
you know, the directors made some oh, really man. cool choices. Yeah, it it felt to me like almost every like filmmaking instinct that they had was correct. Yeah, like they just yeah, hadn't honed it yet. There's there's batshit insanity going on, but shot selection, uh, oh yeah, set design, mm-hmm. everything, composition, this, lighting, everything, everything, yeah, falls into place, and it's again, it's so well shot that like. There's that couple times, like I said, when Charlie opens the door, or uh, we'll get to the, the movie. The, yeah, oh. and that's we'll talk about that because again, that's the second time because I was already freaked out, and but when that theater scene hit, I was already kind of eh, I'm the real. I had spilkus. I could. I just didn't feel good. Yeah, but and then they kept the dread even in the slower parts. They just kept hammering that dread, hammering that dread. And when they didn't, didn't they filled it with insanity, like. Uh, Arletti gets a call that they found her father, that he's washed up. Oh, my God. I forgot and about that And then all of a sudden, Tom's standing there, and he looks like a fucking, like, rich Virginia landowner mm-hmm. with a big straw hat and his fucking vest. And, like, Belvedere, oh, Belvedere, fetch me my slippers, boy. Yeah, like, look at this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Well, I, can't, I cannot fault the man for wearing a suit to the beach. No. So, yeah, long story short, um, I really like the composition of the shot, too, when she walks into her father's art studio and there's the head on the wall that kind of looks like a, like a musculature vein yeah, yeah. layout of, like, a human skull. Well, it's like visible, visible person, you know, when they had, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just, just where it's placed, the shot selection, man, it, it's fucking unnerving. You can't not notice it, and you're trying to watch a scene, but you keep... I can, my eyes kept getting pulled to the to the head because I'm like, is it going to do something? Oh, shit, that's fucked up. That's ugly. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so Arletti gets all fucking weirded out and goes to check on Tom and Tony who are, like, sleeping in bed. And she goes to, like, walk in and join them. Then Tom's sitting up. Uh, Arletti, what's wrong? And, it, yeah, he's laying in this giant circular bed. It looks like fucking Caligula. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is going on in this goddamn movie? You're waiting for a horse to be lowered slowly on a yeah, harness into just the like bed. A palm frond like hanging over the bed. Like uh-huh. visually, it is so. I don't want to say like breathtaking, but just confusing. It oozes of 1971, mm. and you're just like, man, you cannot replicate this today. The only thing missing was a hookah. Yeah. No, really, so, it would not have looked out of place whatsoever. In fact, if they would have thrown anything that we could have thought of as stereotypical, it would have just fit. And, and there's nothing you can say about it because that is it. Uh-huh. And it was, yeah, it was ape shit. So uh, Tom suggests that Tony go see a film mm-hmm. because she's bored and sick of being in this shitty town. Mm-hmm. That's part of the... Uh, thing is that tom doesn't know why they're still there and both the, his traveling companions are pissed off that they're still there yep. part of why laura leaves and part of why tony's constantly bitching about how much she hates it yeah so she goes and sees a movie oh jumping jesus on a pogo stick that fucking movie uh theater. gloria katz writer director is the woman at the ticket booth really <laughs> yep cool little cameo and uh uh, Willard Huck, the other director, was the zombie that jumps out of the car in the gas station. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, she walks into this movie. There's a couple people in there. Yeah. And what fucking movie? I forgot to look this up. No, but, but it, it was, was Sammy, Sammy Davis. Davis Jr. Western. Yeah, but it was like Duck, You Sucker, but it wasn't. Oh, uh, la, 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 Gone in the West or Gone with the West? They Go show the, fun, yeah, Gone. They show the title in card. The West or, yeah. But I don't even know if that was a real movie. I don't either. I, I doubt that they got Sammy Davis Jr. Right, to well, do a thing. Yeah, and then they would have to do, yeah. But it was a, the movie was just as crazy as the movie we were watching. Yep. Just gunfights and strangulations and, and just all the violence ever. Just really. But after that, we're shown cuts of, uh, yeah, the woman in the ticket booth. Closing the open sign around to close, shutting yeah. all the lights down. Yep, they're shutting everything off. And Tony's people, even like, "Where's the ticket? Where's the uh, you know concession uh, yeah. people?" She just wants something and grabs her own popcorn, just walks in like, "Ah, I got over." Yep, there's a couple people sitting there. The movie starts. Uh, people start entering. Uh, yeah, Tony sits like up in the first three rows. She's like way up front. Yes, and we get a shot straight on. Of her, mm-hmm. and I, I fucking love the framing of this because it's not shot how you would expect. Would expect. They show there's two entrances into mm-hmm. the theater from the left and the right. They show her in the lower left hand corner to enter. For a zombie to walk in on the left, right to walk down. Typically, you would have her framed on the right to see a zombie walk in on the left. Right. They short framed her. Which, again, is just fucking... The filmmaking instincts of that is fucking impeccable. I I couldn't tell you exactly what you were just describing, but I I noticed, I'm like, this is just an amazing shot. And it adds to the dread, because you know what's happening. She doesn't. Yeah, they cut back to the film. They show this insane Western. They do a pretty much mirrored shot. Mm Mm-hmm. Of where she's framed again yep. in the corner right, and a zombie walks in on the door on the right and yep. sits down. Again, and even when they don't show it, you can see lights in the back, so you know there's more coming in, and you can start hearing lightly. You can feel it. They they, they intimate more than show the movie theater throwing up or filling up. Mm-hmm. And again, we talk about, and this is what really fucked with me is the inevitability. And what happens is one of my biggest fears in life is. I'm going to get fucked up by something I don't notice. She's not noticing anything. So it is playing into something big in my own head. So it's like she's going to fuck up because she's not noticing. And it just keeps happening. And and I just kept getting that huge anxiety, huge anxiety. And the way that it cuts between her and the movie on the screen, every time it cuts back to her just from a forward-facing shot, there's more and more, more and, and more. more. And they always cut to a violent scene. They cut to strangulation. They cut to the shooting. They cut to the stabbings. They cut to the choking, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you're seeing this. You see her choking. Zombie. Her shooting. Zombie. Yes. And it just keeps going like that, and it just builds and builds and builds. These scenes of intense violence inside the film, while we know violence is coming mm-hmm. in the film that we're watching, but it's just a sense of stillness. Yeah. This, like you said, sense of creeping dread as the numbers just mount. And she gets up to leave, and there's a man coming down her aisle. Yep. So she tries to go the other way. There's a woman, woman coming down that same aisle. So she does what we'd all do, hops over to seats and starts running. 
that's when she finally notices how many yeah. zombies there are. And she's like, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, and again, she she bolts toward the door. The doors all the doors are locked. She runs up onto the screen. It's a great fucking shot. Opens mm. the curtain. There's a zombie standing there. Yep. She is taken down and devoured, and they do it so fucking well because it's her disappearing into right. this horde of zombies with the one arm in the air grasping for something yeah. that is grasping for life. And they, what they didn't do, thank God, we've seen it too many times, is the hand hitting the white and the blood spattering down. No, it just no. went down like they're helping. Couldn't even touch the yeah, screen. Reaching for something that's not there yeah. for help. And, it, and it, it wasn't the bloody hand either. It was just, there was a little down here, but it was just, it was tastefully done just like everything else. The violence was tasteful. The nudity was tasteful. And there wasn't pre- any nudity in this film. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there no. was the hint of, uh-huh. you could have sworn you saw something, but you didn't. The same thing with the violence. The same thing with the, the, the zombies eating the guts. We know what's happening. We can hear the sound. But we never actually see it, which makes it worse in my head. I'm just like, oh, oh, fuck. Then we get Michael Greer wandering through the fucking town, and he runs into that lady who's asking him for help because the zombies have taken her children. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of their conversation, she has the bleeding from the eye. Yeah, didn't didn't we see um, Arletti bleed from the eye earlier in the movie? I believe so, yes. Yeah, but I don't know if she was having a hallucination because she was staring in the mirror. And it looked like her eye was bleeding, but then all of a sudden it wasn't. Yeah, and previous to that, we had gotten the scene where the eye in the painting is yeah. bleeding as well, and it was a dream sequence, I believe. Right, okay, because, again, some of this movie, i got to watch it again because I'm missing parts, and I couldn't tell if it was dream state or, you know, regular. Yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, we, we, we'd seen the bleeding eyes before, and we'd heard about bleeding from... Um, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, because it felt like they were being dragged closer to hell. They were just bleeding everywhere. Absolutely. And again, they played that beautifully for a movie they didn't write an ending for. <laughs> Every, oh, there's, I'm oh, sure they wrote it. They just yeah. didn't have time to, or money to film <laughs> Fair it. Fair enough. For the thousand things that they put up that didn't make sense, the stuff that, that they did put up, you know, matched near the end of the movie. It, it had a through line, which made it cool. Yeah, and then three quarters of the way through the film, we're introduced to the cult element. Yeah. They just throw that at us, too. And usually that really bugs the shit out of me in a movie. Oh, by the way, cult. But it explained the fires that we had seen on the beach. Mm -hmm. It explained her father's insane fucking narrations. Well, that was another amazing amazing scene. Remember um, when Tom was walking on the beach and he was just kind of looking out in the middle distance like he does. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden he just turns around and you see a, like a, a rock formation that almost looks like a cave. Mm-hmm. And then you can see people there and just a few torches. And then you can see more faces up there. And the faces almost look like um, they were spaced the way the faces are in the cars on the painting in the house. And that fucked with me too. I was like, oh, oh weird, weird. No, stop. Because again, the, the creeping dread all through this movie and the payoffs are nice too so and i mean the cops pull up and they're threatening this horde of zombies yeah then all of a sudden the one looks over and the other cops bleeding from the eye and he's like um fuck all of you pop 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 yeah and tries to run away but the they have already said that you you can't kill him you gotta burn him so he shoots the other cop in the fucking back when he runs away and again it's just 
that sense of anyone at any time mm-hmm. could turn. Absolutely. This isn't like a real zombie infection that you don't have to be scratched or bitten. You just have to be in this town. Yeah, you, you're there long enough. It's, it's a festering mm-hmm. infection. It is just nasty. So, so then we get the zombie paint fight. <laughs> I forgot about the blue face zombie. It's stupid. I know, but it was funny. But all right, one I don't thing, think it was intentionally funny. One I, thing that really caught me off guard before that, there's the part where uh, our ladies like poking herself in the leg with this needle. Yeah, what's up with that? Because uh, it's established earlier that oh, she, she can't, can't feel, feel pain. anything. Yeah. So she's trying to make herself feel pain. Yeah. And her father's voiceover, and again, this is one of those things that hearing it just made me almost need to stop the film and go, what the fuck? When he says, like, I cut myself, I nearly severed my finger. I also ripped a toe off at the joint. It's <laughs> just like, wait, 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 wait. Wasn't there something about his temp? My temperature's only 85 degrees now. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, but just... I almost had to stop and go, wait a minute, you ripped a toe off at the joint? You're just going to write that into your film and breeze right over it? Yep. God damn it. (laughs) How the fuck are you going to introduce that? Kind of bury the lead there a little bit. Yeah, her father comes in and explains that a dark stranger Mm. came 100 years ago. And with his newfound religion and a blood red moon. Yep. Yep. You know, like you do every 100 years. And her father's already a zombie who uh, gets slathered in blue paint. Ah, oh, that was that was messed up. Well, we forgot about the part where you remember she went to go, she went to ID the body at the beach, right? She said, "Oh yes. yeah, okay, that's dad, whatever." And when she gets back, and when she was crying and freaking out and going to talk to Tom, that wasn't my dad. That was not my father. My father doesn't have those are working man's hands. My father was a painter. Yeah, this is obviously not him. And. Yeah, she stabs the living shit out of him. Then they light a man on fire. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot he was just, she just like, uh, she sees Tom, doesn't, she's kind of surprised and just jabs him a couple times with a butcher knife right in the arm. Yeah. Just shanks him. Yeah, but they set a man on fire. Well, yeah. In this 1971 film about zombies or rat eating or whatever the fuck is well, going on. Well, we had the throat cutting. We had to, you know, bookend it with a with an immolation. <laughs> yeah. And it's really well done. Mm-hmm. They set him ablaze for a while. Now you got to take a look. Traditionally, in a, I understand that in a fire suit, even back then, they didn't have it as good as they got it now. Uh-huh. You don't want to be in that thing more than three seconds because the ambient heat will fuck you up. Uh-huh. That had to be about six to seven seconds of fire suit. It's really impressive. They did not give a flying fuck about stuntmen in 1971. <laughs> they were expendable. Hey, can you do seven seconds? But uh, yeah, how much? actually give me i'll give you 20 bucks in a rare state done yeah light me on fire motherfucker so the ending of this movie i don't really understand because tom and arletti like get away because a bunch of zombies come crashing in through the ceiling Uh, i know it it made no sense but it was fucking great (laughs) 
they it, were just hopping in and just landing and running. Did you notice how many of those stuntmen just crashed into the wall of that ceiling? Yes. Because they hop in through like a skylight, and there's dudes just like miss man or like misjudging jumps. Oh yeah. And just slamming against this wall. Well, that one dude just fell. Just you could see him just <laughs> fell right on his side. Pat. You think he was gonna turn and break? No, he just fucking bam. Like a ton of bricks. And then Tom hits one with a fucking fire poker. <laughs> yeah, so for some reason they escape to the beach. Yeah, and, and I'm like, the beach is not where I would go because that's where they were watching the moon and shit. That's where they were killing people. Fuck that. I wouldn't go to the beach. Yeah. Then they just kind of wade out and Tom drowns. Yeah, because well, they were going to get to the boat. They have to get to the boat to, to get away to safety. Yeah, this random boat. <laughs> yeah, it just happens to be moored right over far enough to be a long swim. Yeah, I guess Tom drowns. But the funny thing is, Tom, Tom, Tom like, you, it, it's not like it would take you five to ten yeah. minutes to swim out there. Yet she just now notices that <laughs> you guys were like Tom three, was dead. You guys were like three feet away from each other. Right. Uh, yeah, again, another inexplicable. It's, it's a real Titanic situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get on the board, y'all motherfucker. But and it, it ends with, we figure out why Arletti was wandering down this hallway talking about being institutionalized. It took me half the movie to figure out that the, the person at the beginning of the movie was Arletti. And it's a real good example of, you know, women being institutionalized mm. when telling a story because they're not believed. Because well, it's yeah. And didn't Tom say... Uh, hey, go out and tell them about this cult. Make sure that everybody knows. Yeah. And so she did, and they locked her the fuck up. Yeah, because, I mean... She was hysterical. In, well, yeah, in 1971, I don't know if that was still a practice, but, I mean, it was probably still on people's minds. It was. It had, couldn't have been too much before that that it was... Okay to give a... Uh, yeah. They ended that practice. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were still doing. Um, they were still doing the old version of the electroshock therapy in the seventies. Yeah, not the new one that's all civilized and shit. But they did the old one with the spark plugs and shit. Yeah, yeah, civilized shock therapy. That's right before. <laughs> hey, light up the generator. Okay. Now, now they put very special electrodes on and shit. I've heard. So, so here's the thing that I wanted to get to though. This is. Uh, since I always try and find meaning in film, mm -hmm. this to me was an obvious reaction to the rise of cults in the 60s. Oh, in the 70s. They were still hardcore, man. Early no, no, 70s. that's what I'm saying yeah. is that it, in America, like, there have always been, like, fringe cults and shit from spiritualism back in the early 1900s. Mm -hmm. But especially this being California right after the 1960s. In 1971. Yeah. Cults were huge. Oh, God, And yeah. they would, I, I mean, you know, all the old hippies that, you know, had now turned to drugs or gotten off of drugs and mm -hmm. followed this strange fucking guru, they were getting larger groups together by 1971. And I don't want to say, like, taking over towns, but, like... Scientology. Yeah, you'd hear about these weird cults showing up in towns and mm -hmm. just, like, making their presence known. And it's a really good just horror analog for that 
time in American history. You know, I, I couldn't get past all the batshit, fucked up, insane weirdness of this movie to even think about a deeper meaning. But yeah, slamming on cults. I'll take that. Well, I mean, they pointedly introduce a cult element. Right. But, I but mean, they pointedly introduce <laughs> mice eating. They pointedly cannibalism uh, zombies. So, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> so more please. Just whatever. Just throw it the fuck on. I'm yeah. taking it. Yeah. Dude, this movie rules. <laughs> this movie was the shit. And I will tell anybody that knows me to watch this fucking movie. Yeah. I don't care what kind of movie you like. Watch this movie. In fact, better yet, take this movie to a party and make people watch this movie with you. Because it is amazing. You'll talk about this shit for weeks. Yeah. And it's... It's, again, that era of film, and again, there's outliers in there where, like, you know, like, Rosemary's Baby, the, at least the internal logic of that film is pretty sound, mm-hmm. but, like, there is essentially no, there's no fucking rules in this movie. What's well, the 19- make Make everything just out of this fucking world crazy, and somehow it all fits. I don't know how they did it. I don't know, but that was the whole point of, like, the late 60s, early 70s, to break every fucking rule there is. Before we become the establishment, let's fuck them all up. Yeah. And that was exactly it, from filmmaking to everything. That's why you get those, all those great, crazy 70s films. There's, I can't think of one normal film from 1973 <laughs> that we would consider normal. <laughs> no, it was like the fucking seven ups. There was just everything was exploding and everybody was shooting heroin and everybody was dying. Fucking great movies. Chuck Norris reigns supreme. Booyah. <laughs> I don't know why I had to bring Chuck into this. I just love him as all. That's all right. You Chuck- know, he's selling his own silver coins, like silver coins with Chuck Norris on them. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I would never normally want they're a like silver a, coin. They're like 100, 150 bucks. They're going to be collector's items someday. It's yeah, Chuck fucking I, Norris. I, I sent somebody a picture of them one night and she was just like, Hold on, I gotta look into this, and then sent me a message back. There's like, yeah, there's some from between like seventy five to one hundred fifty bucks, something oh, like that. It's just like rice. shit. I'm in for ten bucks, Chuck, but I not mean, for a buck fifty. I make one like five times the size. Get me like a Flava Flav <gasps> size silver Chuck Norris pendant. Oh, with I'll a, wear that shit with a chain. Hell yeah, dude! I'd spend a whole hundred and fifty bucks for that. Shit yeah. Yeah. And I would never not wear dumb it. Dumb as hell, but I'd love it. I would never not wear it. <laughs> Just a walking advertisement for Chuck Norris. Hell yeah. Come out of the shower, nothing on but my Chuck Norris, my fucking dallion. Yeah. America. I'd have to wear like an open jean vest everywhere with that on. Mm-hmm. I'd puff up my chest hair just to make it shine. Hell yeah. Oh, that would be perfect for this movie, too. Oh, a nice tuft of chest hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was a glaring lack of chest hair. Well, you know, you need a good, like a good Tom Selleck or a or a James Brolin. Oh yeah, Burt Reynolds back in the day. Oh shit, yeah. Here's suit. Mm. Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> Put it back in your. Do, pants, do we have any? Do we have anything else to say about Messiah of Evil except for it fucking slaps and it's great and oh, you should watch it. Yes, twice. Yeah, in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Let it let it really slide up in you. Marinate in that shit for a while. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything to plug? Not not yet. Uh, yeah, you can, you can find us around. 
Yeah, we're, we're, on, we're on the places. We're, we're doing stuff. Not really. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Well, we're but, on the Spotify, and we're on the Apple, yeah. and we're on the... We're, we're doing exactly this. Yes. <laughs> oh, I did, for the next HBV episode, we were going to do a, a Doomsday, mm-hmm. that fucking insane Neil Marshall movie, mm-hmm. but they pulled it from where we were going to watch it, so now I'm making him watch Battleship, and I'm so excited to make somebody else watch it with me. Well, you know, just due to your <laughs> personal excitement over this fucking movie... Dude, I love it I am going so to watch much. it. For no other reason, not even for a show. I'm just gonna watch we, this. Movie. We can watch it right now. Oh no, I gotta get home. But <laughs> all right, um, yeah, go watch Messiah of Evil mm-hmm. and Battleship. Yeah, and uh, figure out a way to give us money. I'll. Be <laughs> I don't know. I figured I'd throw that in there. There you go. Why not? And listen to Eddie Money too. Or don't. <laughs> yes, you don't have to do that. Um, all right, we're we're plenty good on this. Um, should we say? Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, uh, Au revoir. Yep. <laughs>